Hello and welcome to the Thrive Biz Chat. I'm Selena Guerrero, your host. Uh, I'm also creator and founder of the Thrive Sales Accelerator, where I help uh, solo to small team service-based businesses create sales systems and generate clients consistently so they don't have to wake up at two in the morning so they can hire the people they want and not have to do the things that they don't like and basically love their business more. I'm here today with Claire Mason, who is a, an expert in content and thought leadership. Claire, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you for being here. I'm going to give you a, a quick introduction so everybody knows who you are. Uh, let's see. She's a content strategist. She works with solo entrepreneurs and small businesses, and she helps them earn the publicity they deserve through thought leadership content to help them grow their sales pipelines. And we're all about sales pipelines in my world. So I love that. And I think it's such an important topic. Um, Claire, thank you for being here. Selena, thank you so much for having me here. I'm really, really thrilled to be here. And thank you very much. So I really love to start off with this question because I, I love this question, which is really how did you end up doing working on, you know, focusing on this work that you do? Because I like to hear a little bit about people's backgrounds and I think it's fascinating how people end up where they are and that'll give everyone a little context of who you are. Well, I'm very happy to share that story, actually, because it just goes to show that really anybody who puts their mind to it can build a very strong personal brand and, and use thought leadership to grow their own brand and their own business. Because I really fell into this field by accident. I basically had a big mouth and a big idea, but nothing else. I, was, I, I come from a very broad digital marketing background. And I'm based here in, in Dublin, Ireland, and I was working for a SaaS company um, that created a, soft, a software solution that helped corporates and, you know, Fortune 500 companies, very big, big companies, communicate in plain language. And their key clients were financial institutions. So, you know, the likes of HSBC, Deutsche Bank, those kind of, of companies to communicate with global work teams in plain language. And the one day they had collated all of this research that examined how these, these uh, financial services companies were doing communicating in plain language. And I just said in the meeting, oh, I think the media would really be interested in this kind of information. And the CEO looked at me and said, well, do you want to try? I didn't have one media contact. I didn't know the first thing about a press release or anything like that. But, you know, the opportunity was there. And it's through that let's say publicity work and learning how to do it that then led me on to building profiles and brands and thought leadership positioning for CEOs, CEOs and that kind of stuff. So that's that's the short story. Awesome. I I, I know we have a little bit of a, a conversation where okay sorry. I think I'm having a little audio problem. Hang on a second. No problem. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I don't know where that's coming from. Okay, sorry. Okay, sorry, everybody. Okay, so I know we have a, a specific kind of arc that we're going to go through, but mm -hmm. let me just get clear here. Is thought leadership specifically around a person or can it be for a company? So thought leadership can... It, it's sort of both, but it's around a person. So when I work with solo entrepreneurs, for example, even if I use myself as an example, 
I'm out there creating thought leadership for Claire Mason and Claire Mason alone. If you're working for a company, if we think of the likes, you know, big companies like Apple or whatever the case might be, you would still be creating thought leadership around a person, it's an, around an individual, but the, let's say the glow can then reflect on, on the bigger brand. So definitely it can be part of a marketing plan for a bigger firm or, or a company that's, you know, made up of a number of people. But when we talk about thought leadership, we really are talking about it coming from an individual, not coming from, from a company per se. Awesome. So let's take it a step deeper when you think of, cause I always hear this word thought leadership and mm -hmm. I kind of have a sense it's like eBooks and blogs, but can you define for us what is thought leadership really? Like, what does that really mean? Because these, it's like a, uses this buzzword and it just causes yeah. a lot of confusion. It's like this word that everybody uses, but doesn't really know what it yeah, is. People don't so think help us out there. For me, I define thought leadership as any type of content marketing that that holds information, insight, and is inspiring. Now, I understand that you know using the words like insight and inspiring, and even using the word information, there is a certain degree of subjectivity to that. It's not something like an algorithm that we can you know claim is completely objective, but. We all know the difference between the type of information. If you read an article, if you listen to a podcast, if you read somebody's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram update, whatever the case might be, when you take away a piece of information that's either made you think about something differently in your in your own field or the audience you're serving, and from an inspiration point of view, that just means you've got a tactic or a strategy that you can then go and act on. So that's my definition of thought leadership. And that's the framework that I work with when I work with clients is informative. We're not talking about, you know, five hacks to write a good headline, for example, like from a content strategist point of view. We're talking about meaty, thought out, quality information, insight, and it must be inspiring. It must inspire people to take action. Well, I love the way that you answer that question because, of course, it's not about the delivery of the content, right? The format. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's in a blog form or ebook or anything else, right? It's about sort of the, 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 uh, how you define the content, sort of uh, mm -hmm. the, the, it, the character of it, right? It's the approach. Inspire, right? It's, I love that. And, you know, I, I've worked with professional services, people, service based business entrepreneurs for, most, well, all of my career almost. And, you know, I find so much, the reason that I love this topic of thought leadership is because, you know, I feel like everybody I've ever worked with, including myself, right, we're, we're we have so much more to offer, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, they're way, they have so much more to give than what they are, you know, sharing. And so what happens yeah, when we, you know, when the, CEOs, whomever, you know, your clients, for example, as just an example, right, begin to share those deeper insights, what happens, right? What, what, what happens then? What do you expect to happen? Well, three things happen, really. You make yourself more visible, so that's you as an individual as well as your brand. Um, you gain more credibility, and that's also going to reflect on you as an individual or your brand if you're part of a bigger organization. And then you also align yourself with growth opportunities. And um, just to go back to what you were saying about not a lot of people share um, 
you know, share their own insights as I, I come across people all the time who are doing the most remarkable work and getting the most incredible transformations for their clients. And then I find out that they're also acting like secret agents, you know, because they don't share what they're actually capable of doing. And honestly, yeah. Selena, I have a, it's, it's a statistic that has done the rounds at the moment on LinkedIn. I was one of the people who shared it on LinkedIn. But I mean, LinkedIn shared this only, I think it was the third week of July, how, and of course, LinkedIn is not the only platform out there, but it's a, it's a big one to reference, how um, on the, uh, out of the audience of 740 people sitting on the LinkedIn platform, only 3% of people are sharing content more than uh, once a week. So if you're sharing content even twice a week, you're already ahead of the game, you know? Um, and again, obviously you want to make sure that's quality content. It's not content for content's sake. But uh, honestly, thought leadership, the opportunity to, to make it work for you is so wide open. And before you're ever going to grow a sales pipeline, somebody needs to know about you. So that's why nice. I always work on this framework that I talk about. Visibility is the bottom layer, credibility is the next layer, and then growth is the piece at the apex, because that's how it fits together. But you've got to actually let people know that you're there. Oh, this is such a big, such a big issue. I think, I, you know, from the sales perspective, it's, it, it's, they're, 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 we're really talking about the same thing, but through specifically through the lens of, of sales, right? I mean, we're really talking about the same thing, but, you know, people will say, you know, the people will say, oh, I don't have any leads. And I'm going to say, you know, what are you doing to let people know you're out there? And, and it's so funny because I think it is really that, that challenge, especially for solo, you know, to you know small businesses to first of all i think find the time to have the confidence and to know exactly what to do to get oneself out there um i you know i think when we when we talk about business you know so many people want just like they want immediate results right i want new clients today i need new clients today i need new leads i need to generate business and I know I've heard this idea that thought leadership just takes too much time. You and I talked about the snowball effect, mm -hmm. and I'd love you to share that with everybody. Like, explain a little bit about the timing of mm -hmm. thought leadership and, and, and some, some, some details around that. Okay, I'm happy to. Firstly, what I mean by the snowball effect is that actually each action that you take to position yourself as a thought leader will accumulate and then you, you build this, you know, natural momentum. So in the end, you really are, we've all heard of the term inbound marketing, but I am now talking about inbound thought leadership. You know, people will actually approach you with, with opportunities and those opportunities might be in the area of publicity. They might be clients, you know, there's, there's no restriction on what those opportunities might be but once people know about you they know that they can approach you so when it comes to how I work with with my clients and how I've done it myself is I really think of the thought leadership let's say journey as a step ladder and you start at you know the bottom rung and then you keep moving up a rung all the time so you could start off with your own web presence and that could be it could definitely be a website it could also be your social media presence um i always say you know social media at this point has definitely got a a reputation that's you know not the same reputation it enjoyed 10 years ago but we also shouldn't throw the the baby out with the bathwater because it's still an yeah. incredible place for especially small businesses to be playing if you don't have the the same advertising budget as the fortune 500s then social media is absolutely your friend so it could be that 
your for me for example i'm very active on linkedin and i've always been very active on linkedin increasingly i sound like i'm behind the times but i'm actually very much finding my type of ideal client is on facebook too so i'm starting to build up my own presence on on facebook um then once a quarter i'll submit a thought leadership piece to a big uh, publisher for example but i really started off with linkedin with my own website so you know those are my own let's say publishing platforms i use mm -hmm. core a lot medium is incredibly powerful then you mm. can start moving up around to trade media i always share with my clients how trade media is often getting a, an article or a publication even being featured on a podcast for a for a trade organization maybe you're an hr professional a sales professional an accounting professional finance whatever the case might be often the national media is watching trade media to find the the meaty uh. kind of stories so you can really you know just you can grow it from your own publication to slightly bigger slightly bigger, bigger and then hit the hit the national media but in the meantime you're growing your visibility and credibility all the time so by the time you've a pitch an article to Business Insider or Forbes or Inc.com, for example, you can say, you know, whatever the, the angle of your story is, plus I've been featured here, here and here, and you've now got three links to share. And it shows it shows the report or the editor that you're pitching to you. Firstly, you've got a point of view, which is really what thought leadership is all about. And secondly, you're credible because you've already been featured elsewhere. Once you've got three or four, uh, let's say, links behind your name or bylines behind your name, it becomes a very, very easy job. That's my secret. <laughs> I love it. It's, you know, I, and again, I just, because I think one of the challenges I've had, I mean, I've kind of fluctuated between marketing and sales. And I think this idea that, uh, you know, the fear of it, right? The fear of, or like, just not even the fear, but just mm -hmm. the kind of noise, the confusion, <laughs> right? Just seems like so overwhelming. Like, I have to sit down and I have to write this big thing, whatever. Mm. So I think there's a there's just a number of different barriers. And I think, you know, as you sort of articulated, you know, it's people will often say, oh, can you get me in Forbes? I've had clients say that mm. to me before. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, what's your what, what do you have to back that up? Because, you know, uh, I, and I know when when we first started talking, um, when we first, you know, yesterday, you mentioned like looking through the eyes of this of the media. So when 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 you talk about mm. starting with social web, moving to trade, you know, bigger media is looking towards trade and building that, you know, the the idea that like fortune is gonna you might have some really great insights, right? But if if fortune or whomever isn't doesn't necessarily see some foundational work, some body of work you know, that backs it up, it's difficult for them to pull, pull that trigger. It, it can be. That's exactly the okay. point. And also, you always need to think when you're doing thought leadership work or building your personal brand, you've always got, and with the media, you've always got to think of two audiences. So you, you're ultimately looking to reach the ideal persona of the client you're looking to attract. But the media itself is your audience. So you're looking to see what do they need right now. Uh, for example, when I worked with a lot of startups in this country, in Ireland, they also all wanted Forbes. But Forbes very seldomly covers, you know, early stage startups. They'll cover when there's a big IPO or whatever the case might be. So you need to know who your who your audience is in terms of the media, what kinds of stories they want. And also, Selena, sometimes you can be very surprised where the riches are. When I'm talking about that company, that SaaS company that I mentioned right at the beginning of our conversation, 
I remember in the one week we got an article placed in CNBC.com, which obviously we were thrilled about. And, you know, I looked like a hero for all of about 20 minutes because we got the link and we were so excited and all that kind of stuff. And I remember we had it all connected through a Salesforce CRM and all the rest. So we were able to measure what the performance was like. Um, and I think we got something like five or six leads from the CNBC um, article, which we were happy with. And then about two days later, we got an article that was kept behind a paywall on a specific finance website, and we got something like 60 leads. So, you know, the readership was much smaller. It wasn't as easy to access the content. You had to be a subscriber to the website. There was a paywall, all that kind of stuff. And actually, it was a much, let's say, more productive piece of content for us than what the CNBC article was. Now, obviously, CNBC came with, it was great to have that logo on the website and all that kind of stuff. So again, you've got to look at it through a few different metrics. It's not always clear cut, but it's, um, you know, we all love getting Forbes, but it's not a case of that's that's the only game in town kind of thing. There's so many other opportunities right at your fingertips. That's where um, LinkedIn, Medium, and Cora come in, actually. Cora is, like the, the big secret at the moment. And I mean, it's been around forever, but people are actively on that website looking for quality information. What is that? Tell us more. So Cora is this, it's, I think it could also be considered social media actually, but it's basically a website where people will post a question and then other people can answer. And honestly, it covers the entire human experience. So you'll have people on there discussing philosophy, you'll have people on there discussing fashion, food, whatever the case might be. And then there's, of course, you know, whole big areas where people are discussing different parts of, uh, different aspects of business. So I answer a lot of questions. I set myself a little task. I don't always get it right, but in general, I'll answer one question a day. Um, and I'll, I'll look up a thought leadership question or a content question. Obviously, the, the algorithm in the background knows what I want to answer, so it serves me those questions. It might be something as simple as, you know, how long should a, should a blog post be, for example, to something a little mm. bit more meaty. Um, but in general, having done this for about a year and a half now, in general, my content is probably being seen by about 25,000 people a month. So again, um, Selena, like when I'm pitching articles about thought leadership, for example, to publishers because I'm looking to grow my brand, that's an additional credibility marker that I can include in the pitches. You know, um, my kind, I write regularly for Cora and my content is seen by 25,000 people a month, for example, which differentiates me from somebody who hasn't got any of those credibility markers. Yeah, I love this. It's interesting because when I first asked, what is thought leadership? You're you know, is it an ebook? Is it a blog? It's so, again, just to re repeat what you had said earlier, what it is about the, you know, what the character of the content is, right? It is inspiring, it is insightful. And the fact is, it could be a blog, it could be ebook, or it could be on, you know, LinkedIn or Quora or, mm -hmm. you know, these medium or Reddit or, right, these sites yeah. where you're just, it's just, it's so, it's so fascinating. You know, I used to be in a, full-time sales role. And I just was, became really fascinated with digital marketing and what was taking over. And this idea fundamentally that we all get to be our own publishers. Mm -hmm. Right. And so at, what is that? How does that look like? Um, you know, uh, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago today, and the, the fact remains, you still can be your own publisher. Right. And you have this 
I mean, I personally, I don't know, I'm just kind of obsessed with this idea. It is really, you know, we used to have such gatekeepers, right? Fortune was yes. the only place yeah. you could go. And so now you just yeah. so many opportunities. It's just kind of mind blowing. I love that. I, I do want to go back. I'm sorry, I kind of jumped the gun. I jumped kind of jumped topics a little bit, but back to that snowfall effect. I just wanted to yeah. kind of sum up that a little bit. What you were sort of articulating was, you know, foundational and then slowly, slowly you can kind yeah. of build your way up. I mean, I made a comment that you can't get fortune with all the other stuff. I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to correct me if that's not if that's not the case. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I I don't think it's a hundred percent correct. But it's it's much tougher. It's much more difficult to get the likes of Forbes, Business Insider, Fortune, Inc.com, for example, Fast Company, without having the the earlier pieces. It's not impossible. You always get a story that breaks through. Let's say. Um, I think in my six years of doing this now, I had one story that did land on Forbes right at the beginning. But then again, you know, if I think of that client, we had a pretty strong social media presence behind the scenes. So the, the editors and the journalists, and the reason why people want Forbes and Business Insider and all those is because there's still very strong editorial policies in place. So that's why I always say, you know, we all think, of course, we're talking about online here, but we think journalism is dead. Far from it. It's actually got, it's, it's got, you know, there's so much, there's so much still in it because there's always, I say it with a little bit of sarcasm, but I always say to my clients sharing, you know, I've been featured in whatever, you know, even accountancy today, for example, comes with a lot more credibility than saying I've been featured in my own Facebook feed. So you can already see what the, what the credibility factor is there just to have a third party or what's called earned media actually writing about you. So no, to summarize, not impossible to land fortune right out of the gates, but much more difficult if you haven't gone and built this kind of, it's like building a media footprint for yourself really. Thank you. You're the expert. I want to make sure I got that <laughs> clear to everybody. No, you know, there's this Thai restaurant where I live and you can go to their website and it says the best Thai food in town. And then in little parens, it says, according to us. <laughs> I just think it's so, it cracks me up every time I think about that. Um, in any case, okay, so uh, um, what is the impact on business? What if if somebody decides to invest in sort of the snowball effect mm. of like really building something over the longer term, what is what's the expectation and in that in terms of that investment and thought leadership content? Well, I'm gonna start that answer. I'm gonna start in my response to you by saying I would always say give it four months to really judge whether it's working for you or not. So I always say to my clients, content should absolutely be paying its way. Thought leadership should be paying its way. You know, this this shouldn't be a, a vanity project just because I like writing articles and we like working together kind of thing. Uh, it should pay its way. But you've also got to be fair and give it enough time to really get its legs under the table kind of thing. So you've got to, you can't, you know, put one post on LinkedIn, for example, or answer one question in Cora and pitch one story to, to a reporter and then think that you're doing thought leadership. You're not. It's very much an approach. It's very much a strategy. And it's got to have at least four months to run its course to start seeing what it will do for you. Then in terms of once you've really committed to it and you've decided how you you know, how you're going to approach this, then what you should really see, again, I go back to increased visibility and enhanced credibility. So that's things like more people knowing about you. And of course, within that, it means more referrals coming your way. From a credibility point of view, 
I throw in just about every piece of media coverage I've got into the proposals that I write because what it does is it reassures the potential clients that actually I know what I'm talking about and I've, I've, I've got a point of view on my subject basically so I'll work with them really well. So from a credibility point of view it immediately differentiates you and also does the reassuring piece for a client. And then, of course, growth, which is what, what we're after. So it should be stocking your pipeline with a lot more leads, a lot more uh, warm leads, and, you know, leads that are much better matched to the kind of work that you, you're doing. Um, and then, second, well, I've lost the count now, so I don't know if I should be saying fifthly. <laughs> I've lost the counting my fingers and my thumb. But what it also often does is it shortens the, the sales cycle. Because by the time the lead has actually come to you, they've been seeing your content on social media. They've picked you up in various, um, you know, publishers. They've heard you on a podcast, whatever the case might be. Because, of course, something that we don't have the time to talk about now, but it's the whole other topic, is once you're getting this thought leadership content of your own out there, how do you then make it work for you so that's all the amplification mm. piece it's including it in your newsletters attaching it to your signature on your emails sharing it on your blog all, the, all those kind of things but you know putting it on your social profiles that kind of stuff but the clients who come to you the potential clients who come to you at that point have a brilliant idea of what it is you can do for them and that makes the, the sales cycle much shorter that's wonderful i it's interesting because i think if i you know nowadays when I know when I've tried, when I've hired somebody in the last couple of years, I do this whole sort of like, uh, you know, just uh, content binge, right? I'm looking at all these other things. Mm -hmm. And if somebody doesn't have that as an opportunity for me to like even understand, you know, you're, I think, you know, that person's excluded from the running at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that how, you know, my, my one of the things that I think about when, about thought leadership is the importance of thought leadership is that from, from the sales perspective is a lot of service-based businesses find themselves competing on price, right? Mm -hmm. They're just having to do this price, 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 and they're lowering, lowering, and they can't figure out how to get out of that. Well, if you are doing thought leadership and you are showing value beyond what your competitor and you're showing your personality and you're yeah. showing your, as you, you know, your particular perspective. And as you said earlier, point of view, thought leadership is about your point of view. You will be distinguished and you will be, you, you know, you become, uh, people don't care about the price as much as if, you know, yeah. as, you know, so to speak, um, because they're just looking for the value. They see it so clearly. And I, I just think it's so, so, so important. And I really appreciate you sharing this with people. I, I just like, I, I want to stand on a mountaintop and say, this is so critical to you. You're growing your business and, and the longer term. And, and I think this idea of the snowball effect, it's like, if you, it's like, if you plant the seeds now, mm -hmm. right, as you said, it's going to get easier and easier over mm -hmm. time, but you need that foundation. And I know that it's difficult for small, we both work with small businesses mm -hmm. to, for them to find the time, you know, to, to do that. But I, I just, it's so, it's really like the big differentiator, in, you know, in my mind, because you can't really, this is my opinion, just depending on referrals, you know, is not mm -hmm. viable, especially in the last year when we haven't been able to go face to face. Three I have people. a whole yeah. rant about that but you know yeah. what I mean and so how do, we do, get, how do we get in front of people when we can't be face to face or how yeah. do we get in front of people without that one-to-one -one sales conversation and this is really the way we, you do it right mm. uh, and also the so fact good. that so good. So okay. people are doing it 
Yeah, well, you know, that's funny because... Yeah, not it, a lot of doing it, it at it, all. I know, it seems kind of obvious, but, you know, that's, again, for another another day. It is. Um, okay, I want to uh, leave everybody uh, with your advice on, like, what... Okay, so you do this for people. So let's say it, they're not quite ready or, uh, you know, they're thinking about it. And they want to know what's kind of the first thing they should do. What, what do you suggest? What I suggest, Selena, is obviously there's a lot to be said for thought leadership strategies and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, hundreds of books are written about this this topic. But really, if you've not done it before, my first piece of advice is to actually follow a tactic and that's just get visible. So decide what that is for you. Is it a case of going on? I, I work with B2B and mainly B2B, but I definitely work with some B2C brands. I'm definitely a LinkedIn fangirl because I've seen what that, what that platform is able to do for just about everybody at this point. But maybe it is a different social media platform. But start getting visible. Don't worry about professional headshots just yet. Don't worry about having perfect, you know, camera equipment and all the rest. Just start getting out there. Overcome the imposter syndrome and start sharing the information. Because you're already, if you do that, you're already, you know, only a little bit of the 3%, basically. So nobody's standing on the sidelines judging you. In actual fact, everybody's really, they need your content and there's a lot of admiration. for. And from that point, from that space onwards, you can then start, let's say, refining and getting more sophisticated about your thought leadership strategy. But the first thing to do is get visible. I love that. Well, you have a wonderful guide called five ways to get started on your thought leadership journey right now. I thank you for, for putting that together and offering it to the, the, the viewers today. I put the link in the comments for everyone to take a look at. I, I think that, you know, is, is really a, a, a priceless tool just to really begin that process to think about what, what you can do today, what, how important this really is. And, you know, we, it, it, uh, you know, I think my experience, once you kind of dip your toe in, you sort of get excited and it's easier and easier over time, right? It is. And it's, and also you see the rewards coming, coming to you, you know, so four months is not a long period of time in, in a, in a business year. So, and, and you know, that you'll start seeing your, your um, community grow, you know, all of those things. So it becomes, it becomes very self-motivating to continue with it. And one thing we didn't talk about, well, this is sort of a, something that, that I think is really, I have learned, is that the more you create thought leadership, the better, the, the more clear, clearer you get about your own ideas and your point of yes. view, right? Like, yes, exactly. by actually creating the thought leadership, like being forced to sort of think like, hmm, what is my point of view? Yeah. You suddenly get clarity, right? That, mm, I think, for me... True. A is, a huge, is a huge piece just from a, like because over time you know as you do that snowball effect that the message gets clearer and clearer right mm. too so it's it's like a double sort of thing not only in terms of the visibility in terms of the uh the credibility but your own as a as a ceo clarity mm. around what your message is, is is i think also a big benefit of thought leadership so well thank you so much claire before i let you go i wanted everyone to know that uh if you are struggling with your sales pipeline. I have a sales assessment masterclass. You can see that in the comments. Uh, this is a way to create a sales system and, you know, get things organized. You can accelerate your sales and stop wondering where your next three to 10 clients are coming from. So you can check that out. Next week, uh, Stacey Gordon, a diversity strategist, uh, CEO of, of uh, Rework Work is going to be here. She's going to talk about uh, diversity and how you can really leverage it 
uh, as an advantage over your competition. So I'm really excited and looking forward to that. Please join us next Wednesday, 9 a.m. Pacific. Claire, thank you so thank much you for sharing me. just really clear ideas and value around thought leadership. I really appreciate your spending time to get today talking about this. Thank you for having me on your show. I really loved it and I loved talking about this topic. And thank you for the great questions. Thank you. All right, everyone. See you later. Have a great week. Until next Wednesday. Bye.